Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Rome Run League podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Rowan. Today's episode, going to take a look forward at the Washington team Tampa Bay Buccaneers game coming up this weekend. It's another tough opponent for the Washington team to face. It's been a long line of them. Both teams are coming up by week, looking for a win to start the second half of their seasons. Take a quick look back at the Ole Miss Liberty game, two from this past weekend that featured two of the top 2022 NFL draft quarterback prospects. Finally, a look at some waiver wire pickups and matchup based starts for your fantasy football teams. Lots to cover, so here we go. Looking at this week's matchup, they're going against Tommy Brady, the greatest of all time. And Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they, you know, Brady's just not slowing down. I mean, this man could play till he's 50 years old, and I really don't doubt that he will at this point. I mean, he's been unstoppable. I mean, right now he's in MVP contention, 25 touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, this year, 2,605 yards passing. Excuse me, see that? Excuse me, 2,650 yards passing. Um, and again, he's just been amazing. Um, Again, he is the greatest of all time. I don't think there's any, really anyone that can deny that. He's still sh- proving it this age. Tampa Bay um, was clicking on all cylinders before they laid an A against New Orleans two weeks ago. But also, something about New Orleans has has their number, especially in um, down in uh, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So, um, you know, I think it's just something about the Saints have a little bit of a edge on them. Um, so I, I think I also had to go into it. But um, Tampa Bay, I think I'm obviously looking re- rebound. Leonard Fournette has really taken over as a lead bell cow in that running back um, over Ronald Jones. He has 439 yards so far this year. He's been a threat of the backfield as well. Um, trying to get recapture that form he had for the Jaguars a couple years ago when they had that great season. Um, and he is still, you know, on the younger side and he still is a good running back and you know he, he's getting more touches as the year goes on um, obviously they have a vaunted wide receiver core uh, mike evans chris godwin all are all, all are going to surpass a thousand yards again antonio brown can as well if he stays healthy um right now antonio brown didn't practice as of this recording on wednesday neither to chris godwin or robert gronkowski so um hopefully that will help tampa washington washington's chances um, to pull an upset um, but obviously if all those guys are playing it's going to be tough to contend with. Uh, Scotty Miller might come back from the IR. He's a deep threat for Brady. Tyler Johnson's a guy I liked in Minnesota a few years back who could be getting a lot more run on another team but that receiver core is so deep he has an uh, opportunity to show his skills. Um, O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray will take over for Gronk if he's not able to play. O.J. Howard is another guy that was um, had highly you know, first round pick four or five years ago. Um, a lot of talent he'll be afraid of after this year as well, coming off a torn Achilles. Um, you can tell he's getting more and more in the groove of things and getting back to where he was pre-injury. Um, so either way, if Gronk or Antonio Brown or Gaba can't play, it's still going to be you know a tough group to contend with, but obviously that would help Washington if that's the case. Um, their line is obviously very good. Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jansen, Alex Kappa, Tristan Wirfs, really good front five, one of the best in the league. Um, you know, Washington has 
to get some pressure though. This is going to be a tough matchup. Uh, that goes without saying. They need to get interior pressure. Um, that's where Brady struggles. Um, so Allen and Payne and Ioannidis and Settle got to you know got to bring the pain, uh, pun intended, um, to get to have a good chance. Chase Young has to step up, um, especially with Montez out and. This game and going forward because this is what this team drafted him for to be second overall and be a difference maker. Um, no, Garlis and the other who, who's on the other side of him, but obviously Montez is a huge loss. Montez is one of the better up and coming pass rushers in this league, and losing him isn't going to be a big blow. But Chase has to come up and try you know, to make an impact for this team. Looks like James Smith Williams will start on the other side. Um, Shaka Tony might start getting some run. Um, Casey Twohill, so um, definitely they're, they're going to lose. A lot on that other side opposite of Chase, but Chase needs to step up and pick up for that void left by Montez. Uh, the defense needs to play a little more man. Brady really has only struggled in his career going against man defenses where he's had his, his problems. When he plays zone, he usually figures it out quickly and picks it apart. So I know this team is more notorious for playing zone, but I really think they should play man. Obviously, the corners are going to have to have a good day against the receiver core, but um, I think it would give them the best shot. Um, corner second, you need to step up. William Jackson third looks like he's fully healthy practicing in full on Wednesday. Uh, hopefully he gets back to where he was in Cincinnati. Um, I think he just needs some time to get adjusted to the system. Obviously has not been good this season, but they need him to turn that around. Kendall has gotten better the last couple of weeks. St. Juice has had his moments, um, but also a guy that's a rookie is going to have his up and downs. And obviously the secondary. Uh, Cam Curl is the best safety on this team. I've said that before, and hopefully he can have another good game. Bob McCain, hopefully if the ball comes away, he's able to catch it this time. Um, and Landon Collins obviously just needs to play linebacker like he has been and, you know, give this team a chance to, um, you know, shut down the run and, you know, make it a one-dimensional offense. Obviously, it's still going to be a tough match regardless because Brady's the quarterback. But um, hopefully, Jamie Davis is going to build on his last couple of weeks. Cole Holcomb as well. I think Cole Holcomb's had a really good year overall. Um, so definitely this team has it's work cut out for it, but maybe they get a break with some injuries on Tampa Bay's side. Tampa Bay's defensive line, Dominican Sue, Vita Vea, William Golston, stout front three, especially Vita Vea. Um, he's one of the better nose tackles in the NFL. He's an absolute load at 350, and he's very athletic for that size. Um, obviously, in the linebacking core with the pass rushers with JPP, who we didn't practice Wednesday, so again, Washington might be able to get a break there, but again, it might just be more maintenance coming off a of bye. Shaq Barrett, again, is one of the better pass rushers in the league. Levante David and Devin White, it's the best inside linebacking core in the NFL, in my opinion. Devin White wasn't able to play in the playoff game last year. I think that was evident. I think it's a really wide, big reason why Heineke had as much success as he did because Devin White wasn't patrolling and spying him. Um, so I think you know White's going to make a difference this game. <clears throat> David obviously still one of the best middle linebackers in the game as well. Um, so they have to contend with that. The secondary is where Washington can maybe make some hay. Jamel Dean, Pierre Desir has been back there. Richard Sherman, Ross Cockrell, all guys that are playing because injuries to Sean. Uh, Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis, who potentially could be back this week, but that's definitely no given. Um, Pierre Desir is back there. You definitely got to target him, even Jamel Dean. Um, and if Sherman is coming back from a hamstring, Cockrell's, you know, is just a borderline slot corner. So, um, and then Jordan Woodfield and um, Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, are going to be the safeties, and Winfield is a great young safety. I like him a lot coming out of Minnesota as well. Um, so they do have a good, you know, safeties core right, as of right now. On offense, Heineke has to have a similar game as that wildcard game to have a chance. And I know it's asking a lot, but he needs to play after those standards for this team to 
get this upset and really to get this any chance of turning the season around as low as those chances are. But Heineke just has to play consistent. He has to take care of the ball because he cannot turn the ball over against his team because they will capitalize. And Washington is clearly not good enough to hang with them if they make any mistakes. Um, so definitely Taylor's going to have to have one of his better games of the year. Um, if the secondary is back up, like I've mentioned, have to have to feature Terry McLaurin um, because Terry can exploit that secondary. Even if some of those guys are back, Terry can get open like he did in the playoff game. Try to get De'Ami Brown, Cam Sims, De'Andre Carter involved. Open up some, um, at least take some pressure off Terry. Um, obviously, Cam Sims is uh, hasn't been in featured as much, but he had a good game in the playoffs against him last year. I'd like to see him get some more opportunities. De'Andre Carter has been getting more of a role, which I've liked because he's taken a little bit of that Curtis Samuel style of play. Diami again, just a young, improving receiver, hopefully, and just needs to get more reps as the season goes on um, to you know see what they have in him going forward, and especially in 2023. It's going to be 2022. Um, and then, hopefully, Logan Thomas is back. I don't know if he is going to be. He didn't practice. He got out there for a limited practice on Monday, it seemed, and then was sore and did not practice today on Wednesday, so guess you can't hold your breath on him being activated for off IR this Sunday. Um, if not, Ricky Sills-Jones can hold it down. RSJ has been good, and he had a quiet game before the bye, but again, he's still a um, solid number two tight end and someone that can, you know, step in while Logan is out. Work the middle of the field along with Adam Humphreys and maybe even Dax Milne. Um, getting Sam Cosby and Brandon Sheriff back will be a huge plus. They practice in a limited capacity on Wednesday. Have to have them have going uh, coming back against, like I said, the front seven of Vea and Golston and Sue and obviously uh, Barrett and JPP off the edge. Um, uh, it would be nice to establish the run, but Tampa Bay has been really good against the run this year. Um, and really just need to take pressure off Taylor. So hopefully Gibson will look a little more fresher coming off the bye week dealing with his shin injury. But again, I don't think he's he's probably not going to reach 100% again this year because of that injury. But, you know, sprinkling Jared Patterson like they did against Denver will be smart along with getting J.D. McKissick as many opportunities as possible because he is, I think I said in the last podcast, probably their most consistent offensive performer outside of Terry McLaurin. Um, it will be an uphill battle. Like I said, it's a tough matchup. Again, you're going against the uh, defending champs. Um, they're 6-2, and two, you know, one of the best teams in the NFL, and coming off a bye just like Washington is. So I expect them to come out with a bad taste in their mouth like they did against the um, coming off that bad loss against New Orleans, and I expect Tampa Bay to get a win 28-17 against Washington. Moving on to the Liberty Ole Miss game, we'll go into too much detail um, for this. Maybe say that for another pod, diving deeper into the Malik Willis and Matt Corral films. Um, but uh, Liberty did lose Ole Miss uh, 27 to 14. Ole Miss, you know, really dominated as it as it you would expect an SEC opponent to do against a smaller level school. Malik Willis was 16 to 25 with 173 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. He did have 27 carries for 71 yards. Um, and he did look, you know, good in the run game, and he had a rushing touchdown as well. The pass game was, you know, left a lot to be desired. Made some poor mistakes. I've seen it before. Does he holds on the ball too long? You can tell he's always trying to make a big play, and he doesn't want to give up on a play, whether that be just throwing it away or um, taking a check down. And that's gonna be a problem that needs to be corrected before he gets to the NFL. He has a load of NFL ability, whether it be his great arm strength and size for the position and even the modern day running style of the NFL quarterback. Um, so I do, there's a lot to like with Malik Willis. It's just, he did not look well. I don't think he's a top 10 pick. I don't even really think he's the first half or the first round pick. I would say maybe late first, or early second, but because this quarterback class is so bad, I think I Malik Willis could still go in the top 10, 15, just because someone's going to fall in love with that, uh, pure 
athletic ability. Um, and there is a lot to like and there's a lot to desire, but he's going to take a lot to develop Malik Willis because he just has, hasn't played against top overall competition. And there's a lot of things that may be you know, taught to him at the NFL level. Matt Crow had a really nice game. Again, going against the opposite, going against a opponent he should do well against being in a small level defense. Crow was 20 27, 324 yards with a touchdown. Only six carries for nine yards rushing. Um, but Corral has a really nice arm. Not Malik Willis's part, but he's more decisive with the decisions. You could definitely tell he's more advanced in that aspect of his game than a Malik Willis is. Um, so Corral, you know, had a nice game. He had, he's had a good season overall. Um, only threw two, two, after, two interceptions this, this year after struggling with that uh, stat last year. So you could see that he's, you know, taking care of better, taking better care of the ball. Biggest thing with him is that he is a slider frame and he likes to take hits when he's running and he, you could tell that he's always trying to get every yard he can he's gonna have to knock that habit off before getting the nfl because he will get hurt because he's just too small but i do like the way he plays he's a fiery competitor um you could tell the team gravitates towards him um again he's good going through reads good arm um, and i like his stock going forward i could see him definitely going in the top 10 just because more tribute to the quarterback class as a whole but he's a guy that I think has the talent to validate that. Uh, I think he definitely is vying for the number one quarterback spot. Um, obviously, Willis will still be considered. You know, again, someone's going to go off his athletic ability. He doesn't really have big tests left um, in the rest of his calendar season. Maybe he plays in the bowl game and gets a top opponent. So that would help. You know, I would if I, I would if I was in his camp, I'd advise Willis to play in the bowl game if they have a. Uh, maybe an ACC opponent again, or even an SEC would be good for him. Um, but Corral. Again, is above him in my opinion. Uh, you have other guys like Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell and uh, other guys that I'll eventually go into. But uh, Sam Howell obviously has had a step back year, has played better as, as of late. Um, and Kenny Pickett is a guy that has been in college for, I swear, 25 years, it seems like. Um, all kidding aside, I think this is a sixth year of eligibility to use that extra COVID year. And he has had a good year. Um, but again, you have to think about when you're in college for six years, I know he's going to have 50 starts by the time it hit, uh, his career is done. And of course, he's going to get better. And it would be even more concerning if he wasn't. So is it just him contributing to being the same system for so long and playing against guys that are three or four years younger and he's taking advantage of it? And he as I, I don't know, that, that, that maybe I'm being too cynical, but I, I'd like to see. I think it might be a little more fool's goal with Kenny just because I think that he just he's playing against guys that are like i said a few years younger he's in the same system he, he knows like the back of his book i mean me like the back of his hand um and you know he's taking advantage, advantages of it so and he, he he played okay against miami um but they did end up losing that game and that kind of lost any chance for them to uh they could still win the coastal but uh i think if they had any pipe dreams of having a bigger bowl game they might have lost that with that um Lost a few weeks ago. They did beat two class week, but again, Pickett has the great stats, and I'm sure someone will validate him being in the first, second round because of his quarterback class. I just don't see it, but again, I still have to watch a little more film on him before making, you know, a final determination. And lastly, moving on to fantasy football, uh, I'm going with uh, Eagles running back Jordan Howard at Denver. Got to pick up and maybe start 17 attempts, 71 yards on a touchdown last week. Seems to be taking over that role after Miles Sanders was placed on IR. He's got more touches recently than Boston Scott or Kenneth Gainwell. Um, and seems to be their starter going forward. Um, again, he had 17 carries last week. Philly's actually running the ball last couple weeks, which has been a surprise considering the way they started the season. I think it's the right move to do to take some pressure off for Hurts. So Howard, I think, eventually it will consistently get some more carries. Next is Denver receiver Tim Patrick. He's going against Philly this week at home. He had four catches, 85 yards last week and a touchdown. He really um, kind of roasted Trayvon Diggs multiple times last week. And Diggs is a guy that has been getting all this media love and people think he's an ex-Dion. He's not. I mean, he's he's a good corner, but 
his eyes are always in the backfield and in the wrong place, and he gets beat a lot, and he gets penalized a lot, but no one talks about that as much. I don't want to talk about his picks, and because he plays for Dallas, people are going to bring that up more. Um, but again, I like Trayvon. He's a good corner, but he's nowhere near a top 10 corner in this league, or you know, at least top five. But he has his moments. He just his eyes are not always in the right place, and he that's why he constantly gets penalized um, and jumps. He tries to go for the interception, which obviously worked the first couple of weeks. But now he's he's paid the piper because he's getting a lot more penalties and giving up big plays, like a touchdown of Tim Patrick and some uh, holding penalties him as well. But I digress. Uh, Patrick is a big body, big play threat. Who is a free agent after the year, um, and I think someone may watch could consider as a bigger receiver as well. But uh, it's turned to fantasy this year. Uh, Teddy likes him, and it seems uh, to be looking his way. So I think he's worth a pickup. Next is San Francisco wide receiver Brandon Ayuk versus the LA Rams. He had six catches at 89 yards and a touchdown last week. He's a talented first rounder from two years ago uh, at Arizona State. He had a nice rookie year. I really thought he would have had a breakout year this year, but it seems like he was in Kyle's doghouse for some reason. And he's, he's slowly getting out of it. He's heating up. Um, and him and Samuel should be a really nice duo for the next, you know, for a couple years. Um, for San Francisco and Ayuk, hopefully we'll start, you know, getting more and more looks as the season progresses. Uh, next, you have Elijah Moore. New York Jets receiver, the rookie from Ole Miss. Tougher matchup this week going against Buffalo Bills. But last week he had seven catches, 84 yards, two touchdowns. A really talented player, guy that can beat man coverage with ease. Um, he's going to get better with more and more reps um, and should get more and more looks, whether it be Zach Wilson or Mike White or even Josh Johnson found him a lot last year, last week after coming in uh, for Mike White's injury. Um, and lastly, you got Cleveland wide receiver down Evan Peoples-Jones. He's at New England this week. He had the big play last week uh, for a 60-yard-plus touchdown, two catches, 86 yards overall, and a touchdown. He's the main deep threat for the Browns now for the Odell Beckham uh, release. And really the number two target from the receiving point of view um, outside of Jar- Jarvis Landy and that receiver core. Um, he's a guy that was really talented in Michigan, never really hit all the potential that he was. This is his high school recruiting, um, I guess, predicted for him. But he is a talented player that I think is going to get better as he gets more um, experience in the NFL. All the physical tools ran a 4-4 at the combine, 6-2, uh, big body guy. And someone worth a look in fantasy just because I think he's going to get more opportunities, especially downfield from Baker Mayfield. Well, with that, that will include this Roman Island League episode. Washington team had a bye week to prepare for hosting Tom Brady and the defending champs this Sunday. Hope you enjoy the quarterback draft talk and some of these fancy tips help you in your leagues. Next week, I'll be back with a new episode looking back at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, like one of the preview of the Washington football team Carolina Panthers game. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at RomanLeague underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.